0: What's up everybody, my name is Shane Kohler and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here where each week I'm sharing true to life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the living relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Okay, so welcome back, everybody. This is episode four of the Conscious Love Show today. And today we're going to talk about manifesting love. Manifesting love, what does it mean to manifest love? How do you do it? What is your role in it? What are you supposed to do? What are you not supposed to do? What are all the different things about manifesting love? So that's what we're really going to cover in today's conversation. And I really want to start, before we get in too much to manifesting love necessarily. I just want to start talking about manifestation itself. What is it to manifest? What does it mean to manifest? How does it work? Because the truth is manifesting love is not fundamentally different from manifesting anything else in life. Uh, the, The principles are the same. And yes, you know, when it's When it's going in a certain direction, certain things will show up. You know, if you're, if you're entirely focused on manifesting things that are not love and you're putting all of your focus and your energy and your attention in another direction, then love will probably not manifest for you. But the principles are the same. And it's just about where you direct it and how you direct it. So what does it mean to even manifest? If we just start there, what is manifesting? What I want to say for all of you is that manifesting is just a part of who you are. It's just a natural thing that comes with the territory of who you are. It's built into your existence as a human being. You had it before you came into this world. You have it while you're here. You'll have it when you're gone. You've been manifesting every moment of every day of your entire life, and you will continue to do so whether you do it consciously or not. So if we just start with that, manifesting is built into the system here. It's built into who we are and what we are. So what does it mean to manifest? Well, manifesting is, to simply put it this way, is that each of us has a certain vibrational resonance. Each of us has a certain frequency that we embody in any moment, and this can range considerably. It can range from very excuse me, it can range from very low vibrations like shame and guilt and fear, and it can span to very high vibrations like love and joy and peace and harmony and everything in between. So, manifesting is simply the reflection of your vibration showing up in your physical reality to just simply put it that way. So if you lived a life that was predominantly that, that, the predominant vibration that you held in your body, that you, that you embodied in your being, the dominant vibration that you embodied in your being throughout your life was fear. The physical reality that you experienced in your life, that you experienced throughout your life would show up in a, in all different kinds of fearful things. So it would show up in maybe like you finding things that you wanted and then having them taken away from you, having death and disaster around you, having scarcity, lack, not enough money, not enough of this, not enough of that, right? So if, if the dominant vibration that you embodied was fear, then the the experience that showed up around you in your life would largely be very scary, very fearful, very terrifying. Now, we all fluctuate. We all fluctuate. So even somebody whose core vibration is fear could still experience joy at times. And they would, at times, have reflections of joy show up in their physical experience. But they would be very temporary. They would be very short-lived. And they wouldn't—they wouldn't amount to much long term, and and the person whose vibration was dominated by fear would have an overall life experience of yeah, I've had some good things, but they never hang around for too long, and good things come and they go very easily, and I, I don't want to let myself get too excited about something because it's going to get ripped away from me, and on and on and on—all the different types of thoughts and feelings that tend to fall within that same type of spectrum. So that is the first piece about, well, I don't want to say that. Let me just expand on what I already said. So what I would say next is that if your, if your vibration, if your dominant vibration that you embodied throughout your life was love, then the forms and the physical reality around you would manifest in all different kinds of forms of love. So you would have, romantically, you would be very fulfilled in terms of love, in friendships, in other relationships, in family relationships, that everything that could not fit that vibration would just kind of move out of your life. Everything that could did fit with that vibration would kind of strengthen and come together and get bigger and expand. And you would have lots of fulfilling friendships. And you, if you wanted a fulfilling partnership, you would have that. And, and all the, in your career, you would, you would feel love. And you, know, you would have passion about what you do with your life and your time. And, and all the different forms and physical experiences of your life would show up to reflect love. And that would be the dominant vibration of your life. So, to to piece together some of the things I've already spoken about is that manifesting is just built into who we are. Manifesting is just, it comes with the territory of being human. It's just part of who and what we are. And the way it works is that the core vibration we embody is going to show up as physical manifestations around us in our lives. So if we embody more fear, we're going to have very fearful manifestations showing up around us. If we embody more love, we're going to have very loving manifestations showing up around us. Now, the this is all fundamentally really simple, right? So. It's all fundamentally very simple how it all works. Our biggest struggle with manifestation is that we don't believe it's that simple. We don't believe it will work for us if we practice it this way. We have all kinds of justifications and, quote, valid reasons to lower our vibration. And we even fight for our right at times to have a low vibration, to be angry or to be afraid or or to be ashamed. or And we say, well, you know, this is, we have, I don't want to go into that necessarily, but we have reasons why we justify that it's okay to lower our vibration. And we fight for our right to do that. And yes, all of those things are valid. All of those, quote, circumstances in which we get afraid, in which we get hurt, in which we get concerned, in which we doubt, in which we don't trust. All of those things are valid. And we shouldn't ignore them or operate over them. And if you're familiar with my work and you've listened to me for a while, listened to things I've talked about, I very much talk about working with our fear, working with our shame, allowing it to heal, doing inner child healing, doing these kinds of things. And at the same time, we need to understand that if we don't take a personal responsibility for maintaining a vibration for the majority of the time, maintaining a vibration that is reflective of the kind of life experience we want to have, then we will not have that life experience. And all of our justifications for why it's okay or why why I have a right to be angry, or I have a right to be resentful, or I, you know, all of our justifications about it aren't really going to matter when our life doesn't show up the way we want it to, right? All of our justifications for, well, you know, I was with a narcissist and this is what they did to me and that's why I can't open my heart. And, you know, like, I get it. That's real. That's trauma. That sucks. I'm sorry you had to go through that and that hurts. And yes, you need to heal that because it's going to limit you if you don't. But you can't use that as an excuse to stay in the lower vibrations. Because the only thing that's gonna happen is your life is not gonna show up the way you want it to. And then you're gonna blame the narcissist or the person who hurt you or abused you or whatever else. And you're gonna blame them and say, well, this is the reason my life hasn't shown up the way it is. But the truth is, is yes, those things happened. Yes, they were traumatic. Yes, they were painful. Yes, that should have never happened to anyone. But regardless of that, at some point, we each need to take responsibility and say, I need to take a personal responsibility for embodying the vibration that I want to experience so that my life can show up the way that I would like it to. So that I can have a life that's full of love. So that I can have a life that's full of joy. So that I can have a life that's full of peace. And that responsibility is mine. It's not anyone else's. I did that backwards this way. Um, that responsibility is mine. It's not anyone else's. So that being said, I want to talk about some of the pitfalls. And when we're when we're manifesting love, what is it that prevents us from manifesting it? Because let, let's just make it very simple. Let's make it very simple right here. If you, any one of you who are listening to this right now, any one of you who are listening to this right now were to simply make a decision that, you know, I'm I'm committed to manifesting my ideal partnership, the love of my life. I am committed to drawing this in. And you were to simply feed that vision in your heart, right? Like this, this, you gotta feel it in your heart. And you were to just feed that vision with nothing but positivity, nothing but goodness. I know it's happening for me. I know I'm on my way. I know it's going to happen in perfect timing. I know that I have everything it takes to have this happen for me. I know that I am deeply lovable. I know that I have so much to offer a relationship. And I know that the perfect person is going to see that and they're going to want to be with me so badly that they won't be able to help themselves. If you were to hold that vision in your heart and feed it nothing but positivity and every time in your life you experienced something that was not in alignment with that vision. You were able to recognize it and let it go without attacking that person or attacking yourself or or, you know, if, if you get involved with someone and you realize, like, okay, we, we're not on the same page here. We don't want the same things. Maybe they don't want commitment, or maybe they're not treating me the way I want to, or maybe they're just not available for me. And you are able to just say, recognize that and let that go and say, we're, this isn't what I'm looking for and let it go with the perfect trust that the relationship that you are creating is on its way to you. And you were just able to keep loving yourself through that experience and keep feeding that vision with positivity, no matter what happened. Love would start coming to you in every conceivable and inconceivable way. And it would blow your mind. It, like you literally wouldn't even be able to handle what was showing up in your life. It, it, would, it would just blow your mind. And, and I want to say like, a lot of times when we talk about manifestation, we think it's supposed to happen like that. Like manifestation is just like, Oh, I, I did my, I did my manifestation meditation and now poof, it should be here any minute. No, sometimes you got to do this for years. Sometimes you've got to hold that vision in your heart and feed it with love and feed it with goodness and feed it with positivity and encounter in your physical reality experiences that don't line up with that. And develop the courage to let them go and continue feeding that vision with positivity and continue trusting that you're on your way to it. Continue trusting that it's going to happen for you. Sometimes you have to do this for years. You see, it's not just about, okay, I did it for a week. Where's my thing now? Why don't, why didn't I get what I want? You know, that, that's actually a big misconception about meditation is that, or not meditation, about manifestation is that manifestation is about getting what you want. Manifestation is not about getting what you want. Manifestation is about being who you want to be. It's about, see, you don't do it to get the thing. If you do it to get the thing, it'll never work. You say, I'm going to embody love so I can get somebody to love me. That'll never work. That'll never work. Nobody will, You one, you will not embody love. You will just pretend to embody love and it will not be real. Two, nobody's ever going to love you like that because you're not bringing the real thing. Right, So it's not, I'm going to embody the right energy so I can get what I want. It's, I'm going to embody the right energy. I'm going to embody love because that is the most authentic thing for me and I couldn't do anything else anyway. I am going to feed myself with love and positivity because that is the most authentic thing to do and I couldn't do anything else anyway. It's got to be like that. And so many of us are looking for a way to manifest that shortcuts becoming the real thing, right? We want some kind of spell or some kind of trick or some kind of crystal that we can put in our backpack when we go to work every day and and it'll just manifest it like, no, that's not how it's going to work. You know, the crystal can emit a certain vibration, And you can feel into that vibration and you can use that as an anchor to align your own vibration with that. But there is nothing in the universe that's going to do the work for you. And this is when, this is where we've all got to grow up and we've all got to recognize that our life is up to us and that it is challenging, that it is challenging. It is difficult sometimes. You know, there's not a single person out there who is in a happy, healthy, loving, intimate relationship that didn't work their ass off to be there. I, re- I was just thinking about this recently. I remember, um, I was talking to a guy. I interviewed a guy a couple years ago who had, um, who had been with his wife since they were, I think he was 17 and she was 15 and he was working in her family's store. And he was like the store clerk and she was like helping out in the store and that's where they met and they have been together ever since. They have literally spent their entire lives together, right? And you would think, oh, well, they had it easy, didn't they? No, they didn't. You know how much dysfunction they had in their relationship because they started when they knew nothing and then they had to spend years inside of that dysfunction and then from within it, From within it, figure out how to fix it. Like, do you have any idea how complex that is and how difficult that is? It would actually be easier to meet someone after you've done a little bit of work and that other person has done a little bit of work. It would actually be way easier. So this is the thing. There is not a single person in the world who is in a happy, healthy, loving, intimate relationship that has not busted their ass and turn themselves inside out to create that. And there is no way to get there without becoming the real thing. There's no shortcut. And so many of us are looking for a shortcut because we, we want to escape the difficult things that we're feeling, is really what it comes down to. We want to escape the difficult things that we're feeling. We feel alone. We feel like we don't matter. We feel like we're not lovable. We feel like, you know, that we could die tomorrow and nobody would even care. And like these are deep existential crises that all human beings are struggling with. And we think that if somebody will love me, it'll make that better. And it doesn't. It doesn't. And then, you know, and, and some of you have experienced this where, you know, you You think it's going to make it better, and then somebody comes along and loves you, and you you either are unable to receive that love because you just don't believe it could be real, so you push it away, or you try to receive it, but it it just it doesn't work, and then there are all these unfulfilled expectations and, and things that just don't fit in the relationship. So it doesn't work, right? The only thing that works is to become it on the inside, is to embody it on the inside, And whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is, are you embodying love now? And if you are, you're manifesting it now. And if you're not, you aren't. If you're embodying fear right now, then you're manifesting fear right now. And if you're bouncing between love and fear and everything in between, and you're all over the place, then your manifestations are going to be all over the place and you're you're not going to, there's not going to be a consistent energy being fed toward the dream, toward the vision, toward the thing that you're moving towards. So let's just talk a little bit about practically. Practically speaking, what do we do to manifest? Practically speaking, what is our role in the manifestation process? Now, some of you have been hearing what I've been saying and you might be thinking that, okay, my role is to just be positive all the time. If I'm just positive all the time and I just feed positive energy into everything I want and I don't feel anything negative and I don't entertain any negativity, then that will be me creating positive manifestations and that will fill my life with love, right? Pretty simple. Well... It is that simple. The problem is the positivity has to be authentic. And this is where some of you know the term toxic positivity. When we're trying so hard to just feel good all the time, when we're so afraid to feel a negative experience because we're like, well, I have to manifest goodness. And if I'm feeling bad, I'm not manifesting good. And so we don't allow ourselves to be authentic to what we're feeling. And this is where the paradox is. Sometimes the most positive thing you can do is allow yourself to be authentic about a negative experience. And if you're repressing negative experience to try to stay positive all the time, to try to get the thing you want, right? Now we're going back to manifestation being about getting what I want. If I'm repressing my negative experience to try to stay positive all the time so I can get the thing I want, my energy is way off. My vibration is way off. I want you, those of you who are with me right now, I want you to tap the heart if what I'm saying makes sense. Just tap that heart a few times if what I'm saying makes sense. I'll say it one more time. If I repress my negative experience to try to maintain a positive energy all the time so I can get or manifest the thing I want, my energy is way off. I am not embodying the state of manifestation. Well, that's not the right way to say it because you're always embodying a state of manifestation. I am not embodying the state of love. I'm just pretending to, right? I'm not embodying love really. I'm just pretending to. And what's actually happening is there is a, there is a heaviness that is weighing me down. And making the pure, authentic vibration of love impossible, unreachable. And so, as I'm in this process of manifestation, yes, I want to understand that, okay, my ultimate goal is to be positive all the time, or most of the time. Like, that—that that is where I want to be, right? My, my, my goal is to be in a state where positivity where love is naturally my embodied vibration it's not a forced thing i'm not making myself do it it is naturally my embodied vibration so what do what do i need to do to do that well there are a few things okay you got to take care of yourself you got to eat well you got to sleep well you gotta exercise. You gotta meditate. You gotta do personal development work. You've gotta journal. You've gotta have a therapist. You've gotta be, you've gotta be in a program or doing something, right? Now, now each of you will have to find out how all of these things work for you personally. I'm not saying you need to be doing all of these things all the time every day. That could be more anxiety, right? That could be more stress. But you, you need to live a life that allows you to feel good. I'm, I'm gonna tell you what. If you are not sleeping well on a regular basis, it's gonna be impossible for you to embody love on a regular basis. You're gonna be grumpy. You're gonna be stressed out. You're gonna have anxiety. You're gonna feel like you're not in control of your life. You're gonna feel like you don't have power. It's just, it's part of what comes with lack of sleep. You know, if you're not eating well, same thing. If you don't have some kind of mindfulness practice, if you don't have some kind of meditation practice, you are, it's gonna be impossible to embody the vibration of love. So what I'm speaking into right now are just baseline practices that allow your mind and body to be in a state where love could naturally occur, okay? Now, another thing is you've got to do things that you enjoy. You've got to spend a good amount of your time doing things that you actually enjoy. If you go to work for eight hours a day and it's a job you hate and you come home And it takes up your entire night just to get things together so you're ready for the next day and you go to bed exhausted and you get up and you do it all over again. And that is your whole life. It is going to be impossible for you to embody the vibration of love. You know, I always think it's crazy when people live like that and then they think they're going to somehow be able to have a loving relationship come into their life. You won't. You won't. It's There's something has to shift there. You have to allow yourself to spend a good amount of your time doing things that you love. It's just, it's important to embody the vibration of love. So you have to have good self care. You have to spend a good amount of your time doing things that you love. I'm going to say you have to, I'm not even going to say you have to date, actually. I'm not going to say you have to date. What I'm gonna say is you have to be around people and you have to be around people that you like to be around. So many of you are putting so much energy into grinding it out on dating apps, just trying to get another date, just trying to make another connection. And like, it's the most insane thing. Like, how do I put this? Connection is so abundant in the world. like. People are craving connection. People are, I mean, you've probably heard this on a meme or something. Like people are more lonely than they've ever been before. And yet we have more connection available than we've ever had before. Right. It's like, it's, it's the craziest thing. Like we've, there's so much abundance of connection available. And we have made it so scarce in our own minds. I love, I just saw a comment, look to feel good, not for a man. Yes, 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 or a woman, right? But but look to feel good, not for a partner. Yes, that all the way. Because I want to share with you what's going to happen when you are living your life in the way that you love You are around people that you enjoy being around. You're not even necessarily dating, but you're a single person who is intentional that you want a relationship. You know that you are on track to find one. You know that that's coming into your life. You're living your life in a way where you are embodying the vibration of love, and you are consciously inviting that into your life, and you are out living your life around people, doing things that you love, being around people that you love to be around. Within all of this, it is just the most natural thing in the world to make a connection, to make eye contact with someone and say, hey, how you doing? And then you start a conversation with them. And then before you know it, you're exchanging numbers. It it happens so easily. You know, I made a commitment when I was dating that when I was out and about living my life, and I didn't, I didn't use dating apps. I just didn't. I, I tried them. I, they sucked, honestly, and I just never used them. And I had, I, I, I had so many things going on in my life. I had a yoga community. I had a personal uh, development community. I had a Native American church community. I had a, a coaching practice and I was talking to people all the time. Like I just had so much goodness going on in my life that, and I was meeting people all the time that I was just like dating apps are useless to me. They 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 offer me nothing, so I just didn't use them. And like I just made a commitment to myself that anytime I saw somebody that I even thought there would be a potential to have a relationship with, I would just ask them to to go get coffee. No pressure, nothing serious, just if I was at yoga and I was, you know, putting my shoes on afterwards or whatever. And I started talking to somebody and I thought, hey, this is a cool person. You know, maybe something could happen here. It was just my personal commitment to myself that I would ask that person to go get coffee and just see if when we got coffee, something else would emerge. And so I would go on dates like three, four times a week sometimes. And it was no work at all. It was no work at all. Because it was literally just me being out, living my life, doing things I would do anyway, meeting people that I enjoyed meeting anyway, and asking them if they wanted to get coffee. And then we'd just go grab a cup of coffee. Or we would make plans to meet up on Saturday and get a cup of coffee. It was the the easiest thing in the world. And so was I dating? Like, I don't even think that I was dating. I was just living my life. I was just meeting people. I was just having a good time. And I want to tell you, when I met my wife, guess what I did? I went out to a brunch with some friends. My wife was invited. I loosely knew her. I didn't know her very well at all, but she was there. We started talking at the end of brunch. Guess what I did? Who can guess? Want to go get a cup of coffee? (laughs) That's it. That was how I, I met my wife. That was how it started with us started with a cup of coffee, met her at a brunch, want to go get a cup of coffee. Someone says, what about a woman asking a man to go get a cup of coffee? Sure. Sure. If it's, if it's natural, you see, it's like, if you've got to, if you've got to like walk up and interrupt his day and be like, Hey, excuse me, I think you're really attractive. Would you like to get a cup of coffee with me? That's really weird. That's really weird. Okay. But if you're living your life in a way where you are out doing things that you would enjoy doing anyway, where you're meeting people that you would like to meet anyway, and you happen to strike up a conversation with a man and it's going well, and in that natural interaction, you say, hey, you got a few minutes, you wanna go grab a cup of coffee? That is perfectly okay. And he will probably say yes. And you will probably have an amazing coffee date and exchange phone numbers and start texting afterwards. And you will have never even had to use a dating app to do it. Now, I want to, I want to say that, what was I going to say? I want to bring it back to where I started because none of what I'm saying right now is possible if you are not embodying a high vibration, okay? You're not going to be making that eye contact and saying, hey, and striking up a conversation. It's just not going to happen you're just going to be into yourself. You're going to be thinking about that person who rejected you and when are they going to call and and you're going to walk right past your dream partner. You're not even going to see him. You're just going to be so in your stuff. You're just boom and they're going to be right there. You won't even see them. It's just not possible when you are not embodying that vibration. So let's tie it all together. What is the way to authentically embody this positive vibration? What is the way to authentically embody this positive vibration? You've got to honor the negative stuff when it comes up, love it, heal it, process it, release it, let it go, forgive it, and let yourself rise back up. So as you're out and about living your life, doing all these things in the way that I've been talking about And like, I'll, I'll just share from my own experience. I I said, you know, I used to go on sometimes three, four dates a week, just, you know, meeting people, asking them if they want to get coffee, whatever. And sometimes, you know, we would go out for coffee and I would be like, wow, I really like this person. Wow. Like, this is really great. And, and I'd be like, you know, can I get your number? And we'd start texting or whatever. And, And at some point I would just come out and say like, Hey, you know, I just want you to know, like. I really like you. I I really like this. I'd I'd like to see where this could go. And that person might respond by saying something like, well, I really just see you as more of a friend and, you know, I I, I think you're amazing, but just not, you know, whatever. You you get the idea. You get the kind of situation, right? And I would feel that, okay? That would suck. (laughs) Like, if there was one thing I fucking hated hearing, it was that, well, I just see you as more of a friend, but anyway, it's okay. It's okay, I found love. Um, so I would feel that, right? I would feel that. And there needs to be a, there needs to be a way of dealing with these things when they happen without without letting it overcome you and like devastate you but also without like operating over it like there's nothing there and this is this is what in in my program and in inspired love when we work with this i talk about we need to have a strong emotional core we need to have a a str- a, a place within us where we can hold difficult emotion without being overwhelmed by it and without operating over it and there are really two kinds of people. There are people who become overwhelmed by it, and it's just devastating for them, and they're just a puddle on the floor, and they can't even pull themselves out of it. And they go, I'll never find love. My situation is so hopeless, and why does nobody want to be with me? Why does everybody I meet ghost me? And what is so wrong with me? Right There there are those people, and if that's you, I love you, and it's totally okay to be that person. Right, I see you. And then there's the other person, me, who's like, Whatever, I don't need this, and it just boom, power over it, right? So, so there are really two kinds of people. Neither one of those is effective. Neither one of those is helpful. Okay, both of them are just incredibly destructive. So, what we need to do is develop a strong emotional core where we can say, okay, got it. She just said, I only see you as a friend. That doesn't feel good. Or, or I just got ghosted again. Right? For those of you who. Feel like you get ghosted all the time, right? So I, I feel like I'm gonna get ghosted again, or you know, it's not it's not even I got ghosted again. It's I think I'm gonna get ghosted again, right? Because he hasn't responded for two hours, and now I'm going ah. Oh. So you know, when these things come up, this is very real. You can't operate over it and be like, well, I'm just gonna be positive so I can manifest my relationship. That's not gonna work. You gotta go. Okay, I'm feeling this right now. My my inner child. For those of you who have heard me speak about that, or my. Uh, you know, where my ego is really activated. There are different ways of talking about it, but you know, something's happening right now, right? I'm not, I'm not ignoring that something is happening. Something is happening. I'm activated. My inner child is hurting. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm not enough. I'm feeling like I'm not worthy. I'm feeling like I'm never going to find love. I'm feeling hopeless. So I, I need to acknowledge this emotional experience that's there. I need to have a strong emotional core where I can hold this without being overwhelmed by it. And I can, you know, like literally sometimes hold myself through it. Like just, okay, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to be okay. It's all good. We got this. We're okay. I love you to yourself, right? I love you. You're enough. You're worthy. It's all going to happen for you. And we just got to love ourselves through it. And as we, as we allow ourselves to acknowledge the negative without being overwhelmed by it, or trying to operate over it and just power through it, as we allow ourselves to just authentically acknowledge it and love it, we release it and our vibration naturally rises back up. And so this is the process, you know, it's everything I've said, right? What, what did I say? Let me see if I can recap. Um, it was be in a positive state, right? Uh, Honor the negativity when it shows up. Release it so that you can come back to a positive state. Do things that you love. And be around people that you like to be around. Foster connection. You know, it's so, so important when you're dating and if you're using dating apps that's fine some people enjoy dating apps you know like it's it is it is amazing that you can from your living room open up your phone and have a date that same night if you want to like that is really amazing it's really really cool and i feel like there is a great way for us to use this technology we just maybe haven't figured it out yet but you know it is cool and if dating apps work for you you can do it but whether you're using apps whether you're building community, whether you're going to church, whether you're going to yoga, what, you know, like whatever your method is, it is so important to do this without insistence, without, I need this to happen right now. I need this to show up for me right now. I need to get what I want, right? You, you need to be able to do this without that. Someone said it earlier and I I love the comment, you know, focus on feeling good, not finding a person or finding a man or finding a woman, right? Like focus on feeling good. Focus on living the life that is most authentic to you, that you just thrive on, that it just fills you up, that it just brings you to life, right? Focus on living that life in every conceivable way and trust that when you create that life, Love will naturally be a part of it. You cannot create that life and have love be left out of it. So I'm going to take some questions now. Okay, here's a great question. Um, So take it easy, yet how to harness the anxiety of liking someone. So take it easy, but how to harness the anxiety of liking someone. Now, this is great because what I love about this question and, um, yeah, what I love about this question is that it's going to give us the opportunity to really get into some of the nuance of this, right? So I've, I've talked about the overarching conversation now, but we got to really get into the nuance because, you know, it's one thing to just say, okay, well, be positive when the negative experience comes up, love it process it, let it go, then be positive again, right? It's really easy to say that, but then the practice of this can be incredibly, incredibly challenging. So I, I, what I want to say to this question, Nadia, and for everybody, is don't allow the simplicity of, of what I'm saying here to diminish the challenge and the reality of working with this stuff. So don't Yes, it's simple. Like, it really is. Life is simple. Like, mechanically speaking, life is very simple. Vibration manifests reality. Okay. Energy takes form and, and the, the vibrational state of, of that energy determines the, the form and the shape in which it will take. Like that, the, the, the principles here are very, very simple. But don't allow the simplicity to diminish the reality of working with this stuff. Because what we're dealing with, I mean like, I don't know how far I wanna get into this right now, but but what we're really dealing with here are, are wounds that you have been operating over since childhood, since, since probably the first couple years of your life, to be honest. You know, maybe within the first 10 years for sure. And everything from if you went, you know, if you went through like physical or sexual abuse as a child to just having a parent who was really hard on you to just having a parent who didn't really pay you much attention at all to not being able to fit in in school when you were young to being left out of things or not invited to that party. Or I mean like there's so much here. There's so much here. And what what you've got to understand is hopefully the next generations, hopefully, our kids and their kids will, will not have the same kinds of wounds that we have because hopefully our generation is becoming more conscious and we're gonna pass on less of that. Hope I hope so. That's you know what I pray. But but the fact is, is like we were raised within a culture that was just very harsh. It was very harsh, it was very uh intense in a lot of ways. Our parents were not warm fuzzy people, most of them. and like it, it's just this is this is the reality of the world that we were raised up in and we were not raised up in an environment that helped us as children understand why we were having these fearful negative experiences and how to deal with them in a healthy way. In fact, our parents like usually said things like go to your room and deal with that and come back when you can behave. Right. Like that was, that was what, like that's the kind of treatment a lot of us got. A lot of us got the kind of treatment that said deal with this on your own and only show up when you can be the perfect little girl or the perfect little boy. And, and you know, we might have gotten different versions of that. And there might have been variations of that that, you know, were considerable in all different directions, but you've got to understand, like that's what we were raised in. And because we were raised in that, We have developed a way of dealing with our emotions that has adapted from that. And so what you've been doing, you know, however old you are, 30, 40, 50 years old, 60 years old, however old you are when you're hearing this message right now, that's how long you've been operating over this stuff. That's how long you've been operating over these wounds and not having healthy ways of processing them. So when something happens, like you get ghosted, or you develop a relationship with someone that you think is going somewhere, and then you find out they've been seeing someone else all along, or when you you know, when that person doesn't respond for hours and you're going, why didn't they respond? Are they losing interest? Are they going to ghost me? Like, you know, all these different scenarios. What's actually happening is like, it's not about that person. It's not about that event. It's not about that, you know, that that person that you just met a month ago who now wants to stop talking to you. Like that doesn't really matter. But what's happening is it's it's making you feel the same way you felt when you were two years old and your mom just left you sitting there to cry it out and gave you no attention, right? Or or whatever your version of that is. It's, It's creating the same emotional experience in you. And so now you're having this emotional experience that you've been having over and over and over and over and over again throughout your entire life. And you've never really learned how to deal with it. You've never really learned how to process it. And the more it happens, the more you fear it, the more resistance you build up against it, the more it leads into things like chronic anxiety or chronic depression because it's just been building and building and building throughout your life and you've never really learned what to do with it. And so now it's not that, it's not that you can't handle somebody you just met a month ago not wanting to talk to you anymore. Of course you can handle that. What you can't handle is that when that happens, It's like the floodgates open up and it unleashes a lifetime of repressed stuff there. And so when you say, how do I harness the anxiety of liking someone? I want you to understand that the process of liking someone, getting to know someone, forming a relationship with someone is activating all of the stuff. It's activating all of it. Like every day, boom, 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 boom. Like I remember my wife and I, we were dating long distance on opposite coasts, right? Well, we're on the same coast. We're on the East Coast, but I was on the South part of it. She was on the North part of it. So I was in South Florida. She was in New Jersey. And so we're on opposite edges of the country. Like there was so much uncertainty in our relationship. There was so much of, we just don't know we just don't know where this is going. We just don't know what's going to happen. We just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. We just, we don't know if we're going to be together. If I'm going to move, if you're going to move. Like we, we, you know, we just don't know. And so there was this constant feeling of like being activated, being triggered, And having to kind of self-soothe and and be with that. And I don't know where this is going. I don't know what's going to happen. Having to be okay with that. And sometimes that was really, really, really challenging. And in past relationships, it's been really, really, really challenging. So what I want to say is the principles are simple. And like Nadia, to you who's asking the question, to anybody else who might relate to the question, what each of you needs to become very, very skilled with is learning how to self-soothe these anxious experiences. So when you're dating someone and when the anxiety is coming up and when you're feeling that, before you interact with that person, before you start trying to move that relationship forward, what you want to do is stop and soothe the anxiety get to a place of calm grounded centeredness and then interact with that person then try to move the relationship forward and so that's what you do nadia and and to anyone else who who, you know is relating to this right now is you observe the anxiety coming up you self-soothe it you calm it there are lots of ways of doing that and Uh, You know, I, I, I'm not going to get into that today, but that's where, you know, if you have a therapist, you could work on that. Or, you know, in my program, we work on, um, we work on using these tools and things and, and how to do that. Because if you can, if you can release that anxiety, if you can breathe into it, if you can relax, if you can hold it, if you can love yourself through the uncomfortable experience and then release it, let it pass, let it go. Your vibration is going to naturally just go back up. Like for everybody here you've got to understand your vibration wants to go up. It's what energy does. We're made of energy. What energy does is energy expands. It grows. I mean it, it, to say it grows. It's you can't create more energy. But anyway, this isn't a science conversation. But energy is expansive, right? It wants to whoosh. it wants to be more. It wants to expand. It wants to there it wants there to be more of it. So the energy is it's it's going to go in that direction on its own. The thing that keeps it down is our own repression, is our own resistance to what's there, our own unwillingness to be with the discomfort, or trying to control the situation, or trying to make it happen, trying to force an outcome. The energy is going to go up on its own if we allow it to. And when it goes up, it brings more of what we want into our lives. And this is a very intuitive, organic process. It's not something we have to push. It's not something we have to force. Like I like I said in the beginning of this, manifestation is part of what you are. You can't not manifest. It's happening all the time. So our our role in this is really to release everything that is keeping our vibration low. So it can naturally raise up into those positive states that attract more of what we want into our lives. And trusting that we don't need to be the micromanagers of how it's all gonna happen, right? We need to be the managers, not micromanagers, but managers of our own emotional state, of our own energy. And if we get really good at managing that, we can trust our own energy to manage the outcomes of life and how it's all gonna work out and how it's all gonna happen. Okay, so that's that question. Um, What is the best way to not allow yourself to fall in love with someone's potential before really knowing them for them? Ooh, I love this question. I love this question. Uh, Mary Elizabeth, what is the best way to not allow yourself to fall in love with someone's potential before really knowing them for them? Fantastic question. Okay, there are two things here. It's the emotional core, and it's the mindfulness practice. And I think both of these are so, so, so essential here. Because what you really need with this is you need to have the ability to recognize what is happening in your mind. When you talk about falling in love with someone's potential before really knowing them for them, what's happening is your mind is creating an attachment, right? So you've met someone, there was some kind of connection, some kind of compatibility, some kind of something, right? There was some kind of something there that sparked you and got you, ooh, I like this, ooh, I want this, ooh, what where's this going to go, right? So something sparked you. And then what your mind starts to do is the mind starts to fantasize and it starts to say, oh, if this could work out, it could be really great and it could be like this and it could be like that and and what if we fall in love? What if this is the one? What if we get married? What if, you know, the mind starts to fantasize about all the things it could be and all the ways that this person could be perfect and all the ways that this person could be the one. And then what happens is the mind starts to cling. Once it starts painting this picture of all the beautiful ways it could be, it starts to cling to that and starts to say, I want that. I want that. I really want that. I, and then it starts to say, I need that. I need that. I, I need that. Right. So this is, this is a progressive thing that happens mentally. And so the first thing in your question, Mary Elizabeth, is you've got to be able to see this happening while it's happening. Most of us are not mindful enough to see this happening until we're already in it, until we're already in love. So when you have a mindfulness practice, and it's something in in Inspired Love in my program, every single person, I mean, again, I don't know if they do or not, but it's recommended for every single person to develop a mindfulness practice. And the reason is, is because we need to be able to know, to see what's happening in our own mind. We need to be able to see the direction that our thoughts are going in because that is literally the direction that your energy is going in. The direction of your thinking is the direction of your energy. And so if your thoughts are going in fantasizing about this person, I want that, I need that, I'm attaching, I'm clinging, I'm I'm tying myself on to this idea about this person. Now you're in trouble, right? So you need to be able to see that happening and reel that back, right? So when you see the fantasizing start to happen, you need to be able to say, I don't know yet. I don't know this person. I don't know. Let me take it slow. Now, the way the emotional part of this gets involved is this, this is just simply a very emotional process, right? This is all, I mean, anytime you're getting to know someone, it's a very emotional process. And if you're, if you're going through it and you're not being emotional about it, then you're disconnected from something very real right? Because when you're getting to know someone, there's all kinds of stuff. There's anticipation, there's fear. Will it happen? Won't it happen? How do they feel? I don't know. Uh, All of it, right? It's just, it's, it's nonstop. So it's a very emotional process. And so you need to be able to observe the direction that your mind is going, the direction that your energy is going, the direction that your thoughts are going. You need to be able to observe that. And then you also need to be able to hold the emotion of that to hold this emotional core and it's it's both it's really both and so as you as you practice with that as you practice with that and you know i've, I've talked about self-soothing and, and using some of these processes to to release the emotion that's there again That's something that I think if if you want to learn more of that, that's something you would learn working with a therapist or or doing a program like mine. Um, But, you know, that's, we can teach you how to, how to do some of those practices, but it's, it's, it's being able to be aware of your own thoughts and being able to hold your own emotions in a powerful way. And then just kind of bringing it all back in, right? So you see your energy going out towards this person attaching to them, tying onto them, clinging on to them. You've, you, you see it happening. You're aware and conscious enough of yourself to see it happening. And then, okay, bring it back in. Okay. That's a little uncomfortable. I feel the anxiety of it. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this is going. Let me bring it back in. Let me be in the present moment. I like this person. I'm excited about it. And that is all. And we'll see. Right? So again, this is All of what we're talking about here is about being a good manager of your own energy. Being being in control of your own energy rather than having it uncontrollably go out in all these different places, which then creates a lot of anxiety inside of you, which then lowers your vibration and makes it harder to create love. Ooh, I like the way I said that. That Let me say that again. When you're not a good manager of your own energy... When you're, not, when you're not bringing it in and, and consciously directing it in the ways that you want it to go. It's going to be going out in all these different directions. It's going to create a lot of anxiety inside of you. That's going to lower your vibration and make it more difficult to create love. That's what a lot of you are doing on dating apps. You're grinding it out on the dating apps, talking to 300 people, spreading your energy out in all these different directions, just hoping that something is going to click somewhere, somehow, some way but when you're doing that, you're creating a lot of anxiety inside yourself that's lowering your vibration. So even though you have more conversations going with more people, the likelihood of an authentic connection is less. Even if that person was one of the people you were talking to, the likelihood of the connection actually happening would be less because you're not in the vibrational state where that would be the most natural thing. You can accomplish so much more by putting your attention on becoming a great manager of your own energy and being more surrendered and more allowing of everything else and not trying not trying to control it or need it to be any particular way so much i accept what is fully completely and let me manage my own energy within it right i accept the present moment as it is fully and completely and let me manage my own energy within it, and do my best to release anything that is limiting me, and allow my vibration to naturally just go back to a, a high state, on a live state, a vibrant state. Okay, um, I have time for one more question. Let me see. I'm just gonna, uh, I'm just gonna scroll through some of these. Helen Blair says, "I get it. I'm all in." I struggle with getting out by myself. How do I get more involved in activity when I don't have anyone to go out with to start? Freshly out of an abusive relationship. Um, this is this is a great question. And I'm so happy you asked it, Helen, because I'm sure like so many people are like, how do I even do that, right? Um, you know, I, I want to share I want to share two things. I want to share one, how it happened for me, and then I'll share some tips for how just anybody might be able to get started. So my journey started in AA, and this was back in my early 20s, and I was just getting sober, and uh, my journey started in AA. Now, I always like to say when I share that that I'm not still in recovery because I don't like to present myself as somebody who is in active recovery, but that was part of my past. And um My journey started in AA, and I made a lot of connections there. So I made a lot of friends there. It was a community where you know it was appropriate to share more deeper stuff, more you know real, authentic stuff. Uh, I was able to form relationships in that community that were not surface level, but were based on something deeper. Um, I was able to form some really solid friendships and uh, get exposure to lots of different types of people who were doing different types of things, whether it was personal growth seminars or sweat lodges or, you know, like I was able to get exposure to different people doing different kinds of things. And, um, and that, that helped, right. That, so that's kind of where it started. And then from there, you know, I mean, I got involved in, um, personal growth very heavily. So I would go to seminars and trainings and programs, things like that. I got involved in yoga very heavily. I did yoga teacher training. Um, that was a huge community for me. I worked with a Native American church for a while. I used to do a sweat lodge every other week with them. Um, that was a huge community for me. Um, you know, there was a uh, there was a breathwork community that I used to be a part of. So for me, a lot of my interaction centered around personal growth and spirituality, which is what I love. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what I enjoy when I when I do like in my free time. I like to spend it doing things in that way. So that's what I gravitated towards. That's what I found. Those were the communities I that grew up around me. Those were the friends I made. And like I said, dating was never an issue because I was constantly meeting people within all of these different communities. And I'll tell you, the women there were doing the same. So it was not, it wasn't like I had it easier than them. Like it, the women there were doing the same thing. It was just, it was just the way it was. It was easy to meet people within these communities. Um so I, I think to start. Start by doing things you love. And you might not really even be clear about what you love. So maybe just try things out, you know, try going on a hiking group, try going on a kayaking group, try going to a pottery class, try going to a dance class, try, try doing yoga, try doing CrossFit, you know, like if you don't know what you love, then just start trying things like you could make. So let's talk about where anybody could start. Just anybody could start right here. If you have zero social life, you want to start getting out more, having more fun, meeting more people. How do you do it? Okay. Make a personal commitment to try something new once a week. That'd be my first recommendation, right? Personal commitment to try something new once a week. Sign up for a class, go to a new gym, do that. Okay. A second step would be make a personal commitment to interact with at least one person every time you go right? So, you know, you just learn how to introduce yourself to people. There, there are lots of things. I mean, you can look at videos about dropping the handkerchief. Uh, that's a great way to open the door and co- have a conversation with someone. Um, you know, you can look at videos about like how to how to meet people. How, like there, there are lots of ways to strike up conversations with people and meet people and, you know, get things going. But, you know, I would say make a personal commitment to try something new and make a personal commitment to talk to at least one new person everywhere you go. And it doesn't have to be a man or a woman. Like, you know, like for everybody, stop looking for your partner for real. Stop looking for your partner; they will find you. Okay, so stop looking for your partner and start looking for friends. Start looking for connections, because the thing that's going to happen is like, you might go out and and be like, well, I don't really want to make friends with any of the women here because I'm trying to meet a man. Well, what if you made friends with some of the women there and you started getting invited out to things? You started getting invited to parties. That was another place I met a lot of people were parties because I had a lot of friends who were throwing parties and a lot of people would be there. So, you know, you start, you start um, making friends with people of the same sex and you start getting invited to things, getting invited to barbecues and parties and swimming pool parties and, you know, things like that. And, you know, days at the beach or days on the boat or whatever, you start getting invited to things where groups of friends are going to be getting together. You start meeting a lot more people that way. Right. This is why I say stop looking for your partner. Everybody wants it to happen right now. Cut it out. Cut it out with that crap. Stop wanting it to happen right now and get committed to like having a really awesome life right now and let the partner show up when they show up. Right. So get committed to doing things that are really fun and really fulfilling for you. Get committed to making friends, really awesome friends that you can, you know, have a great time with. Um, you know, like get committed to those things first. Get committed to having a life where you have lots of social activity, where you meet lots of new people, where you do things that are really fun for you. Get committed to that kind of life first. Focus on that first. And then once you're in that, within that really joyful, fulfilled, connected life, Then you can start looking around, who might I like to grab a cup of coffee with this week? When you're already out doing things all the time, when you're already meeting new people all the time, then you start looking around and going, who might I want to get a cup of coffee with this week? So I hope that helps um, for those of you who are asking, where do I start? I know it can be really confusing to start and yeah, that's that's that. Okay, I just I wanna quickly answer this last question. I just saw, saw it come in. What happens if you have no mental energy for that now though? Well, you've gotta ask yourself why. Why don't I have the mental energy? And this goes back to something I started with. So I'm gonna say, this is Jones Ria who asked the question. Um, if you haven't been with me this whole time, then go back and watch the beginning and watch it all the way through because I've probably already spoken into this. But what I said is you've gotta, you've gotta create a life that allows you to have the energy. That means you've got to eat well, that means you've got to sleep well, that means you've got to exercise, that means you've got to take care of yourself, that means you've like it it's all connected. It's all connected. And you know, like this is this is what I would say. Most of the questions we ask, we have answers for, right? Like, well, what if I don't have the energy for that? Well, then if you don't have the energy for that, you would need to get the energy for that. Okay. So then if I, if I need to get the energy for that, well, how do I do that? Well, I've got to think about how do people get more energy, right? So there are certain things in your life that are exhausting you. You would need to cut those things out and you would need to make time for things that give you more energy, right? So there, there are always answers there are always answers. There are always solutions available. But a lot of times when we ask questions, we're asking questions and what we're really doing is we're just making excuses. And our question is, this is why I can't do what you're saying is because I don't have the energy. And And what I want to say, and I say this with so much love for you, Ria, who asked the question. I say this with so much love for everybody who's, who's listening right now, is like, I get it. You don't have the energy. I'm sorry but there's only one person in this entire world who could help you get the energy, and that's you. And so you've either got to decide, do I want this enough to start working towards it, to start doing whatever I have to do to to manifest this thing in my life, this this love, this dream that I have? Do I want this enough to, to become the person who can have it? Or am I more content to just keep things as they are? and you wouldn't necessarily be wrong to do that if you're if your life is set up such that you never have any energy and you like that you like working to the point of exhaustion and coming home and sleeping and doing it all over again and you know or whatever your situation is if you like that and that's that's the way you want it leave it that way and if it's not change it and if you don't know how to change it then there are people who do. Find one of them and hire them to help you. That that's, that's the best help I can offer you. And I say that sincerely from the bottom of my heart. With that being said, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. So lots of love to you, everybody. This was episode four of the Conscious Love Show. All right. Lots of love, everybody. I'm going to sign off here. Many blessings to you. Hope you have an amazing week. And we'll see you on the Conscious Love Show. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the living relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.